0: Welcome to Give Me the TLDR. Chapter 6, Out of the Frying Pan into the Fire. The TLDR. Bilbo catches up to the rest of the company. He doesn't tell them about the ring. They hurry to get as far away as possible before dark and end up surprised by a group of giant wolves and later by the goblins. They get away with the help of the race of eagles. The longer breakdown, this chapter picks up with Bilbo having got away from the goblins, but not sure where he is exactly. He's wandering along. He notices the sun setting in the west, behind the mountains. That son-of-a-gun Bilbo, he made it out on the other side of the mountain. He doesn't know where the dwarves and Gandalf are. He's hoping that they themselves made it out of the mountain, as if Bilbo's obviously not the weakest link there. He keeps wandering around looking for them. It's pretty insane to think that he's going to try to find them just like outside in the wilderness with no tracking skills. Eventually, he did decide, to his credit, that now that he had the magic ring, if he couldn't find them, he would go back and look for them in the mountain. But right when he was about to turn around, he heard voices. He crept up to take a peek and he sees none other than Balin on lookout. Instead of immediately telling the group that he's alive, what I would probably do, Bilbo decides this would be a perfect chance to give them a surprise. He sneaks up with the ring on and he hears the rest of the dwarves complaining to Gandalf about how annoyed they are that they have to go back and find him. And why did he even come on this journey? It's not a good look. Gandalf says, quote, after all he is my friend, And not a bad little chap, I feel responsible for him." So Bilbo is sitting there just watching, listening to everyone argue about how useless he is. I mean, to his credit, he stays. I would have been devastated having heard that. I would never recover. But Bilbo brushes it off, probably because he knows it's actually true. So Bilbo pops out finally and is like, yo, I'm right here, and he slips off the ring. I mean, they are blown away. Like how did he do this? Gandalf even calls to Ball and is like, you are the worst lookout man in the history of lookout men. You couldn't even see this Hobbit. I mean, I feel bad for him because I would completely doubt my self-worth after this too. The other good news though here is that Bilbo's reputation as a burglar skyrocketed, went up big time. They were finally like, okay, this this is this dude's legit. He's a first-class burglar. It's it's official now. They, of course, want to know what happened uh, and what Bilbo's story was. Bilbo doesn't tell them about the ring, and it's just like, yeah, I pretty much just crept along really quiet. I mean, I beat Gollum, I escaped, I got past a bunch of goblins, whatever. He thinks he'll tell them about the ring at some point, just not now. But once you start down this path, it's so hard to get back. You just get too deep. Look at she's all that. Once you don't lead with the fact that all of this attention is because of a bet, you can't just say it later once you've fallen in love. You're too deep. So the story without the ring looks, I mean, Bilbo looks like a superhero. I'm questioning the judgment of the dwarves for not doubting this more. I have so many questions. Maybe even statements, something like, okay, like what really happened? Because this is obviously made up. They don't question it though. Gandalf's like, I told y'all. You doubted me. I'm Gandalf. I know my dude, Mr. Baggins. Uh, Then Bilbo asked Gandalf to tell him what happened with them and how Gandalf even got there in the mountain, even though he probably already explained it to the rest. We learn, quote, the wizard, to tell the truth, never minded explaining his cleverness more than once, end quote. And if that isn't the most relatable thing I've ever read, I don't know what is. So Gandalf's fills Bilbo and us in. Gandalf and Elrond had known about the goblins in the mountain, but usually they used another gate. It seems like where they got captured had opened up recently. Just bad luck. Uh, When Gandalf heard Bilbo's yell, he knew what was up. He snuck in the crack at the last second to track everyone down. Uh, Gandalf himself knew about the back door, and after all the stuff we saw, uh, he led them there. And then we are out. Apparently it's two plus days after when they were captured and a bunch of miles out. Still unclear how long Bilbo was concussed and unconscious for. Now that the gang's back together, they've got to get moving. Goblins are going to be out in hundreds when it's dark, and they can smell footsteps for hours after. So they start trucking it. They're trying to get some distance between themselves and the goblins. I mean, they're jamming. They hit a landslide, crazy grass, all while, quote, the forest gloom got heavier and the forest silence deeper, end quote. Eventually, they come to an opening with no trees. There was nothing evidently wrong with it, but it was just giving off bad vibes for all of them. I know the feeling. Can't put my finger on it. I'm just like not trying to be there. When they get there, they hear a, quote, long shuddering howl, end quote. And that howl, after that, another howl, then another. It sounds like surround sound testing, just different sounds coming in from different directions, but this is less fun than AV equipment. This is wolves howling at the moon. Bilbo had never heard a wolf howl before, but sounds like some of his old Took cousins had described it and made the sound for him before. This is really a testament to their impressions because it's insane that Bilbo would recognize it in the wild just from a hobbit's impersonation years before. Problem with wolves is they can smell really well, so even a magic invisibility ring isn't going to do a thing for Bilbo. Gandalf thinks quick, tells everyone to get up in the trees at the edge of the opening. Everyone but Bilbo gets in a tree immediately. Bilbo has lost apparently his fast twitch muscle fibers, the ones that he recruited for his leap over Gollum. Now he can't get into a tree luckily dory climbs back down and lets bilbo climb up and barely makes it back into the tree before the wolves come up and try to snap him the wolves we come to learn are called wargs it's what we call the evil wolves over the edge of the wild the wargs i think it goes without saying cannot climb trees themselves they do not have opposable thumbs how did all of these wolves wargs show up you ask we learned that the company had really lucked out and they just found themselves in a meeting place for the wolves. Wrong place, wrong time. Uh, They weren't tracking them or anything. They just ended up being there. Hundreds of wargs showed up. Gandalf himself understands the wolf language and figures out what's going on. So the wargs and goblins, they have a loose partnership where they help each other out here and there. The wargs help on raids and they let the goblins ride them like horses. Sounds really fun. And then they split some of the plunder. Guess there was a raid planned for that night, but the goblins were late. Classic goblins. We do know that the reason they were late was probably because of the whole death of the great goblin and escape of the company. But the wargs don't know this yet. They're just complaining about them being late. Uh, We also learned there were some men who had been coming in from the south, cutting down trees and making homes, and they were tough. Uh, The goblins and wargs, they were going to take them out tonight. I don't want to defend the goblins and wargs here side note but this is a classic case of deforestation i mean you're encroaching on natural environments cutting down trees forcing things you don't want Um, but side note aside let's get back to the story so gandalf that gray lynx knows they're going to just wait for the goblins and goblins can climb and cut trees and he has to do something what gandalf does he starts lobbing pine cones on fire at the wargs just like a killer move They start freaking out, catching on fire. At this point, enter the lord of the eagles of the ancient race of eagles of the northern mountains. What a boss. He hears some commotion and takes some guards. They see this whole thing going down. They notice some goblins coming down from the mountains. The eagles usually keep to themselves, but these ones are pretty chill and also they don't like goblins, so they try to get rid of them whenever they see them. So while the eagles are mounting up, getting some more of them together the goblins get down to the scene they come up with a plan immediately they get the wolves they calm them down they stack a bunch of brush around the trees with dwarves to smoke them out ingenious plan it reminds me of olga of kiev who also wants to get to an enemy and couldn't so ends up smoking them out actually her story is way cooler her enemies wanted peace they're behind their own walls she demanded everyone give her pigeons and sparrows from each house. She ends up lighting fires on a cloth and tying them to the birds and letting them fly back to their nest, and they light up the whole city. Like, what a wild story. You should look it up. But this isn't Olga. This is some goblins. Still pretty slick for them. They even start singing a song while they're doing their work and trying to light up all the dwarves. For a hardened group of creatures, they sure make up and sing a lot of songs. Gandalf's fronting like I'm not afraid of y'all, even though he he kind of is. The trees start sparking up, and just at that moment, guess what happens? The Lord of the Eagles starts sweeping them up with his squad. The company gets away just in the nick of time. Once again, they're trying to figure out what's happening. We learn that Gandalf and the Lord of Eagles kind of know each other. They run in similar circles, I guess. Kind of like when you went to like high schools nearby with someone, you didn't really chill with them. But you see them in the real world and you're like oh yeah i know you you're frank's buddy right and you're pretty chill uh, chapter wraps up with the eagles saying they'll bring the squad somewhere as long as there aren't men nearby men shoot at them typically uh, they also bring up some food for the group let them go ahead and cook some animals so everyone's full they finally go to sleep and they sleep really really heavy and that's it for this chapter on to the quotes the first one is about the time Gandalf is about to toss some fire pine cones into the wargs. Quote, but of course, Gandalf had made special study of bewitchments with fire and lights. Even the Hobbit had never forgotten the magic fireworks at old Took's Midsummer Eve parties, as you remember, end quote. Again, what a cool thing to be remembered for. Like that's the, Gandalf's little like side gig, like his little hobby, is fireworks, that's so chill. Reminds me of Peter the Great, who's like this unreal leader for Russia, starts modernizing it, but also just like loved fireworks, could not get enough of them. Next, this is when Bilbo realizes that they are going to be surrounded by wargs. Quote, what shall we do? What shall we do? End quote, he cried. Escaping goblins to be caught by wolves, he said, and it became a proverb that now we say Quote, out of the frying pan and into the fire, end quote, in the same sort of uncomfortable situations, end full quote. Not a whole lot of commentary, but what an adorable little thing, classic Tolkienism bringing this into our world today. I guess maybe actually a piece of commentary. Could you imagine someone saying the escaping goblins to be caught by wolves and expecting anyone to get it? Just like highly niche for a proverb. And that's it for this chapter. Join me next time for Chapter 7, Queer Lodgings.